This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, podcast listener. Are you tired of playing the same stuff in your jazz solos over and over and over again? You're just stuck playing the same stuff that you know and you want to break free and play other stuff. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about in today's podcast episode, some strategies and some thoughts around doing this. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve. No matter what instrument you play, welcome, 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 my friends to another episode of the podcast. So at the beginning of 2022, I did a little coaching call uh, with, a, with a small group of, of my inner circle members. Now, these inner circle members, uh, just for some context, had signed up for the waitlist for a special, uh, more intensive program uh, we were going to offer uh, this year. But, you know, long story short, due to some unforeseen circumstances, not to mention the birth of my daughter, uh, that has been, uh, you know, kind of postponed or on hiatus, if you will. But I, I wanted to offer like a little coaching call with these folks because, you know, they were excited about the program and I felt really badly that we weren't going to be able to move forward with the program. Um, so uh, I had this coaching call and it was really fun to get to know even closer some of these Inner Circle members. Um, and by the way, Inner Circle, for those of you who don't know, is our membership, our membership here at Learn Jazz Standards. Um, and it was really exciting to be able to speak to some of these members and get to know even further what some of their problems were. Now, there's a lot of different coaching call, uh, coach, coaching sessions. That's what, is that from what I'm trying to say? Co- there's a lot of coaching that happened on this call. A lot of different, uh, students that had different kind of issues, um, that were all really good and very interesting. There's one particular one, uh, that is the basis of what I'm talking about today, who was talking about how he really struggled with basically starting all of his bass solos the exact same way every single time. Like as soon as it was his turn to take a solo pretty much every single time it start with the same bag of licks premeditated licks and he always felt very limited by this and in general in his in his solos and his playing he just feels like he's playing the same things over and over again how do we break free from this and so um basically what i'm gonna talk to you about today is essentially what i told this student now just in case you think the advice that i gave this student is well we would learn a bunch of new licks and learn some solos and work on some music theory and, you know, learn this new scale. Like in case you think that's the answer I'm going to give, like, which are all fine answers. Like those are good things to do. Um, you know, expand your repertoire, all your vocabulary. That is actually not the advice that I gave this student. So uh, I'm going to, I'll tell you what that is, what the advice I gave him is in just one second. But of course, of course, of course, we have to thank our sponsor of this podcast, 
which of course is our very own LJS Inner Circle membership that I was just mentioning. LJS Inner Circle membership. You know, listen, I'm a little biased. Obviously, it's my membership. It's our membership here at Learn Jazz Standards. But come on, it is the best jazz membership on the internet, maybe in the world for anything. It is the membership where you get monthly jazz standard studies. Imagine if you learned one new jazz standard a month, but you weren't left in the dark. You had all the resources and materials to learn it. You had a solo to learn that was written specially for you. You had uh, training videos. You had a community of other musicians learning it alongside of you, sharing their progress so you felt motivated. Imagine if you had all of the courses that you need to fill in the gaps in your musical knowledge to also have actual practice programs that leave you to step-by-step success in your jazz playing, whether you're trying to work on the blues or rhythm changes or ear training or even the specifics to your instrument, like for jazz guitar, bass, piano, trumpet, or saxophone, we have courses specific to your instrument to help you with technique. It's all here in the inner circle. And the community inside the inner circle is really on fire. I mean, you will look at the forums um, and it's a lot of fun. And even if you're not uh, a commu- an online community person, like I would not consider myself to be, you'll find the inner circle to be so much fun. Your tribe, your family of other like-minded musicians who are all learning together. So check us out at ljsinnercircle.com. LJS innercircle.com would love to have you join us and over a thousand other musicians who are crushing it in their jazz playing every single month. Okay. So now that we've gone through our sponsor, let's start talking a bit about what I told this particular student who is really struggling with playing the same stuff over and over and over again. And the advice that I, the first set of advice that I gave this particular person is so simple that it may almost it may almost sound a little bit dumb but just bear with me for a second here and that advice that i gave was make a conscious decision to simply not start your bass solo the same way <laughs> just don't do it right is basically what i said so the when we really dug deeper into his problem like he's just really talking about how you know it's really his ego and it's naturally him wanting to sound good that leads him to actually play the same stuff over and over and over again when he starts a solo. It's like he wants to start with that one lick, you know, that he knows is going to work. Like, for instance, my pet lick right here that I use for teaching all the time. Right? I love this lick and I can't get over it. It's just like a five, like a, a lick you play from a five to a one. Right? It just sounds so good. I know it's going to work every single time, so why not just play it every single time? Why not start my solos every single time this way? So on and so forth. Uh, but you know, I can make that decision not to do that on purpose. Right Now, again, this is a strange thing to talk about because we're not really talking about him learning how to play a bunch of other licks or lines or anything like that. It's simply just making the conscious decision that instead of starting his solos the same way he always does, to just forget about pre-meditating anything at all and just going ahead and playing the first thing that comes to mind, okay? So really this comes down to being willing and able to forget about hoping to sound good, right? Allowing yourself the opportunity to take the risk that you may not sound good, that you don't know what's actually going to happen. It's a really strange 
place to put yourself into, but it's a really powerful thing to make that conscious choice. And really when I talk about jazz and improvisation and, and becoming a better musician, I really don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's at least 50% mindset. And some might argue even more than that. It's really a lot about the mental game of playing. And especially when it comes to improvisation, because improvisation is so vulnerable and it's so, uh, it's not planned, right? Like at least if you're, if you're in a rock band that doesn't do a lot of improvisation, then you know what the chords are every single time. You know what the riffs are. You know what the lines are. You know exactly what you're going to play every single time. So the challenge of that is to really just master playing these premeditated stuff. With improvisation, you're not trying to master anything particularly particularly other than the the actual uh, process of improvisation, which is technically not planned, right? So in order to be a great improviser, you have to be okay with the fact that you may not sound good every single time, that there are going to be some moments where you're just not going to sound good. Let's talk about For example, if you're more of a beginner jazz player, or even if you're an intermediate player, you may be familiar with the scale, right? That's the minor pentatonic scale, right? So we know we could play that over a minor chord, right? And I added that quote unquote blue note. So maybe some of you know the blue scale. Now, this is a very comfortable place to be. I mean... Right? You can play a lot of really cool stuff. Right, You can really play a lot of great stuff, and it's easy to sound good playing that, because you can play that over top of a minor 7th. You could do a dominant 7th. Right? It's all going to sound good. Uh, you might know the major pentatonic, so if you're playing a major 7th chord... Right. But a lot of us feel stuck with that scale. Like I hear so many players, you know, even folks that are like, hey, Brent, I want to learn how to play the blues a lot better. And when we first start hearing recordings of their playing, we're hearing a lot of this, right? Even though they're being given material that goes way outside of the pentatonics, that really pushes them outside. The temptation, though, is still to go back to what makes you feel safe rather than going, hey, I'm learning how to spell out the chord tones over top of the blues. Hey, I'm learning the guide tones. Hey, I learned this bluesy line that actually is a little bit outside of the normal pentatonic realm, right? Or I learned this bebop line. And it's it, it, that stuff, it, it's, it's exciting to learn that new stuff. But then when we go to actually improvise and we go to play, we're still playing because we know that it's going to sound good every single time. So it really does come down to, hey, I'm going to play the blues, but you know, I need to choose a different strategy than the one that I'm doing right now. And the good news with this is you don't have to practice doing this when you're actually going out to play with other musicians, right? Because we all want to sound good in front of other musicians, in front of our peers, right? Would you agree with that? You can do this for yourself in the practice room where the only person that is going to be listening is perhaps just you, right? In your practice room, and you're going to be hearing yourself back. And that's okay, right? Even some of us have a hard time with that. We have a hard time being willing to hear ourselves not sound good, 
So something that I've really recommended a lot to my students, I've certainly recommended it on this podcast before, but is to literally practice playing music that has nothing to do with premeditating anything at all, right? So I, I talk a lot about this, and I think I may have even talked about this recently on, on a couple other podcast episodes, but I really want to go over it again a bit. And that is simply just practicing playing quote-unquote free, which is not playing avant-garde, by the way. Free just means you're playing whatever you want. You're not constrained to a particular song form or to a, a particular set of chords or chord progressions. So for example, I would just start with a note, okay? Here's one note, right? And what I want to practice is I want want to practice just making a decision from that one note. Okay, there's my second note. Okay, so now I'm just going to go, okay, there's a start of a melody. Where do I want to go next? Okay, now, did you hear what I just did there? I went, and so far that kind of sounded good, because technically that's, I'm starting to play like a, a D major seventh. Now, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just playing notes, and then I played that note which kind of sounds weird compared to the first note I played, right? It's actually a tritone interval. So I went. So my ear told me to resolve it up a half step, right? Right? Now, again, I'm not really thinking about any of this. I'm just explaining to you right now what's going on. I'm just... Again, I, I'm, I really, you heard mistakes in there. You heard all sorts of things. I'm really just playing and responding. And sometimes, you know, you heard me going back to that, that D major tonality, but sometimes you heard me go outside of it because I was just kind of going with the flow, not caring what's happening. So what this is, it's not just playing random stuff. It's practicing playing stuff that you don't know what to expect will come next. And you're just allowing your ear to take the lead more than anything else. And you might say to me, well, Brent, you know, I don't, you know, how is this going to help me when I'm actually playing over top of all the things you are, right? Because I'm not going to be playing random stuff like this. Uh, Again, this is a practice. We're not practicing playing over chord changes right now. What we're doing is we're practicing letting ourselves 
play wrong notes and figure out resolutions to wrong notes on the fly. We're essentially practicing improvising, which is a podcast episode we did, uh, you know, maybe several podcast handful of uh, podcast episodes ago, how to practice improvising over jazz standards, right? So practicing improvising is an important thing to do. So if you're not practicing hearing yourself play wrong notes, hearing yourself uh, play things that you don't expect or maybe wasn't your ideal, then it's going to sound very abrasive and it's going to sound and feel very scary when you're actually doing this in real life, especially if you're playing with other musicians or performing in front of somebody else. So we need to practice actually playing other stuff. So what I said to this particular student is I said, okay, your challenge for the next handful, next month's worth of gigs. Um, well, I think he did one gig per month. So I, so I said, at your next gig this month, what I want you to do is just make the decision. I want you to make the decision that you will not start your bass solos with any of the five licks that he claimed he always starts his bass solos with. You will not do it. You just have to make the conscious decision. And I even asked him, I said, well, are your friends in the band, are they um, are they nice people? He said, yeah, they're very nice. We're friends. We've been playing together for a long time. And I said, great. That means they're not going to judge you at all if you play a quote unquote wrong note or you play something that doesn't sound very good, right? They're going to be open to you experimenting and spoiler alert, the uh, crowd is probably not going to notice anyways, right? So in other words, I wanted him to make this commitment. And I think that's a commitment all of us can make because we we have so much fear around improvising. Like a lot of us, that the thing that stops us from improving, the things that, that makes us feel like we'll, we'll never be good enough is the fear of sounding bad, like the fear of what does it mean if I can't play, will I ever be good enough to play great solos? And why does it seem so easy for everybody else and not for me? And I don't want to sound bad in front of other people. So you just don't take any risks. And I'm here to tell you today in this episode that if you don't take any risks in your jazz improvisation, in your solos, then you're probably always still going to sound like this. Which again, isn't bad because, you know, there's a lot of people that'll listen to that and be like, hey, wow, you sound pretty great. But they're probably just regular listeners, amateur uh, musicians, um, folks that just, you know, they hear something that sounds familiar and that might be good enough for them. But what you want to sound like is you want to sound like a pro. You want to sound like an amazing jazz musician, like the jazz musicians you're listening on recordings. And the only way for you to get there outside of yes, doing all the stuff I talk about on this show, like learning how to play solos, like working on your technique, working on theory, learning lots of jazz standards, like the, the conventional wisdom is you have to be willing to take those risks to experiment with your playing so that you can break through those barriers. So my challenge for you this week is to spend a couple practice sessions, yes, practicing the exercise of playing free like I showed you, but literally putting on a backing track or getting together with a friend to play some some tunes and making the conscious decision of whatever tool you feel stuck on, whether it be the minor pentatonic scale, whether it be starting your solos the same way, whether it be um, always playing in the same position on your fretboard, whether it be 
playing the same register on your saxophone, whatever you feel is the thing that's holding you up, make the conscious decision to not do that and even identify a different strategy that you want to take instead so that you will always be working from that place of growth. All right, that's all for today's podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Do appreciate you. Hey, by the way, come make some mistakes with us over in the LJS Inner Circle. We'd love to have you join us. LJSInnerCircle.com. The best, if I do say so myself, the best jazz membership out there. I just feel so confident in that. So LJSInnerCircle.com. We'd love to have you join us. Grow as a musician. Have a lot of fun with us over there. We're going to be getting out another episode this Friday with our Quick Win Podcast episode. So please subscribe or review us to podcasts. Leave a rating review if you can. Really do appreciate that. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.